Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you as we start our second hour. And joining us now, he covers college football for Pro Football Focus. Max Chadwick joins us now. Max, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a minute since we've been able to catch up with you. A lot has happened in the college football world. I know we got to talk Nick Saban, everything that's happened since the uh, the national championship game, but I do want to ask you about this Michigan Wolverines team. Jim Harbaugh now um, kind of uncertain on what his future will be, whether it will be in the NFL or back with Michigan, but what did you make of this season for Michigan? It started off with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh being suspended for three games the regular season finished with Jim Harbaugh being suspended another three games, but this team uh, continued to, to play at a high level and, and uh, went all the way to that final Monday night and, and won the whole thing. Uh, what did you make uh, of Michigan this season? Yeah, thanks for having me on again, guys. Yep. And yeah, Michigan, uh, it was definitely an eventful season, that's for sure, for, for the Wolverines. I, I actually uh, preseason picked them to win the national championship, and you know, I thought that they had the best roster on paper and one of the best coaching staff uh, in college football as well, and that and that proved to be right this year with them going 15 and 0 and and winning the national championship. But yeah, definitely not without some controversy though, and I think that's a big reason why Jim Harbaugh might be leaving for the NFL to go to the Los Angeles Chargers, which I do think will happen uh, very very soon. Um, it, it's just because one, he accomplished his goal of winning a national title at Michigan. He wants to obviously get a Super Bowl. He lost in the Super Bowl to his brother, no less. Uh, so he probably wants to get back there and win a Super Bowl. Um, and also, like, he's probably a little bit sick of the NCAA right now with everything that's going on with them. And, you know, he, he was suspended for six games this year. Two of them were massive games against Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, and then also, I mean, there's still probably sanctions coming for Michigan uh, this offseason as well because the investigation is still going on with the sign stealing. So uh, I, I kind of think it's a perfect storm for him right now to – leave for the NFL after winning the national championship this year. Max, you did indeed with us. First time we visited with you, I want to say late May last year, you had Michigan winning it all. You had Jordan Travis at Florida State winning the Heisman. Look, he got hurt. or They, they play in the, the college football playoff. I don't know if he wins the Heisman, but he was right there having a big year. That was the very first time we visited with you last year. That was some great picking. It wasn't the Michigan year kind of symbolic of it's never real tidy, it's always gets a little messy in college football, the sport and and Max, I know I know how much you love it and and trust trust me, we we love it on on our end, and it's why devotees, lovers of college football, we've got to resist. Well, it doesn't mean hear no evil, see no evil. There, there's a story to tell that's not very uh, enlightening. We we we, we got to tell it. But it all, it can't always be evil, like some want to paint this period. It's it, always at the end of a year to the beginning, really kind of around media days. It, it can be some very ugly stories out there. Again, I'm not saying hear no evil, see, uh, speak no evil, but so many want to go to the most negative aspect of college football in this time where college football can't defend itself with having games on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good point. And yet, yeah, there's, there's obviously a lot that's going on in college football. A lot's changing in college football. I mean, you saw I mean, Pac-12 is now officially dead. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. 
Uh, it, it is definitely in the 12-team playoff is coming into light. And then obviously the thing that I think most people are talking about is the transfer portal and, and NIL and how much of an impact that's having and how it's kind of turning college football into a semi-professional league. But I, I still think it's, it's sports in a great spot right now. I think, you know, with the transfer portal, we're, we're seeing more and more teams that are able to compete uh, instead of just the Alabamas and Ohio States of the world dominating. Now, those schools will still be at the top for sure, but, I mean, we're seeing guys now uh, look for playing time. And they're not, you know, some some guys aren't willing to sit for two years, which honestly I, I think helps the parity in college football that you start seeing some other guys go to other schools for more opportunities. So uh, it's definitely changing. It's not your father's or grandfather's college football, that's for sure. But uh, I am still excited to see where this new age of college football goes in the future. Max, it's 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 not even your favorite cousin from 2005's <laughs> college football. It, it 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 is really changed, and that's okay. And I think a lot of more my age group they they're really resistant to that. And it's that low-hanging fruit that they can pluck so easily and write that negative NIL story, write that negative, you know, a washing money story, write that that negative tra- transfer stuff. When you just hit on it. Between now and the start of next year, and you know, media days will really kick it off. Uh, in, in magazines and promotion, uh, uh, you know, late May, June, July will really kick it off. We should be celebrating this college football offseason as one of the best ever with that 12 team playoff you mentioned, with Texas and OU, with, with the teams that have, have left the pack. This should be one of the best run-ups to college football ever. Instead, so many people that make the majority of big money in in the, the sports media racket covering college football, they want to write that takedown story. Yeah, and that's what sucks. It is truly, I still think, it's the best sport in the world. I love college football and how um, it is changing, obviously. But I think one thing that NIL is doing that's making college football cool uh, is that it's letting players say, hey, Listen, if I don't feel like I'm 100% ready for the NFL, I don't have to go to the NFL. You know, whereas before, you see a lot of players say, hey, I'm not making a dime in college football, risking my body out there every play. Right when I'm re- right when I can, I'm going to go to the NFL so I can start making millions. These guys can make millions in college. So you see a lot of guys that maybe could have been second-round picks in the NFL draft say, no, I'm going to go back for another year. Um, and, and enjoy being a college athlete, enjoy being a star for another year. So, I mean, look at Ohio State's roster right now. They brought back basically everybody, uh, and like eight guys that probably would have been day two picks in the NFL draft. All of them said, no, nah, I'm coming back to school. So uh, I think that's what's really cool about it, too, is that these players can make money now. Um, and a lot of guys that, you know, again, the first-round picks are probably always going to end up declaring for the draft. We won't see that. But I do think the guys are in the day two range, whereas before they always would declare for the NFL draft. Now you're seeing a lot more guys say, no, I'm going to go back to school for another year. Like Quinn Ewers, I'm going to go back to school for another year uh, and try to win a national championship. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's 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 definitely different, but I, I'm with you. I, I like how uh, it's changed the game. Well, uh, the other big news since the national championship game has certainly been Nick Saban uh, announcing his retirement. Now Kalen DeBoer um, will take over at Alabama. What did you make of that news? What was your kind of first reaction when you heard Nick Saban was retiring, and what do you make of this hire uh, for Alabama to go out and get Kalen DeBoer after the, the tremendous job he's done at Washington? Yeah, at first I think the reaction was shock, honestly. Uh, I heard midseason that there were rumblings that uh, Saban was getting close to retiring. Uh, I did not anticipate that coming 
um, after this year, uh, especially not winning the national. If he won the national championship, that's a different story. Like, okay, he wins his eighth title, mm-hmm. goes out on top. Like, it's a perfect way for the greatest coach of all time to go out. But uh, I did not anticipate it happening, especially when you look at Alabama and what they were bringing back. Uh, I, I thought they were a top-two team in the country heading into next year with Jalen Moreau coming back a quarterback. Uh, so I thought Nick Saban would, would see that out at least. But, um, yeah, I was definitely shocked. And I know there were reports that came out that uh, a lot of it had to do with where college ball is heading uh, in terms of the transfer portal and NIL like we just talked about, and that had a lot to do with his decision. Also, I mean, he's 72 years old as well, so um, he probably wasn't going to be planning on coaching too much longer. Right. But, yeah, I was definitely, definitely surprised by that for sure. But, I mean, what, what the hire they made of Kalen DeBoer, that, that truly was a fantastic hire. He would have been the second guy, uh, for me at least, that I would have called after um, Dan Lanning, who I think they did go after, but he decided to stay at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right after that, Kalen DeBoer would have been the next guy, man. And, and honestly, he and Lanning are like 1A, 1B. It, it really wasn't like a clear gap between the two of them. And DeBoer beat him twice last year, too. So uh, definitely, you can make, definitely make the argument that Alabama got the best coach they could have. Uh, DeBoer's an offensive genius. We saw we saw that at Washington this past year, how they turned it around and became a national title contender immediately. Um, I think it's his uh, combined record as a head coach at Sioux Falls, which is a D2 school, uh, at Fresno State at Washington, is 104-12. and This guy is a winner. He's a genius, like I said, offensively. The question now is, can he recruit at the level that Nick Saban did because uh, I think that's a big reason why Alabama was so successful in the next day is that they brought in superstars every single year. DeBoer hasn't really done that, but then again, Washington hasn't really been a recruiting hotbed. Uh, but if you're looking for a pure X's and O's genius, uh, I-, I think this is a perfect hire for Alabama. And it'll be a new look Alabama now. now I-, I am a little worried about how many players are ending the transfer portal, but then again, they all wanted to play for Nick Saban, the greatest coach ever. So, um, I, I think the, it'll be a new look Alabama next year, but as long as Jalen Moreau is there, I still think the Crimson Tide uh, will be a really, really good team. And, and Jalen Moreau might be your Heisman favorite next year, honestly, with uh, with DeBoer coaching him up. Max, I was asked this question this morning on one of our morning shows on on these airways by host Dave Wolosian, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, football and basketball. And he asked me, it was off, I think, of a Blake Topmeyer, John Adams piece that ran in Gannett, of who's going to put the pressure, kind of exclude Alabama, who's going to put the pressure on Kirby Smart at, at the top of the SEC? What what coaches, what programs? That's a good question. I think the first one I would go with is, well, first of all, if you're, if you're asking me purely next year, that's it, next year who's going to put the pressure on, I would say Ole Miss. I, I think Ole Miss in terms of what they bring back. Um, now, of course, Quinshawn Judkins going to Ohio State is a big loss, but Ulysses Bentley, their backup running back, is back. I like him a lot. You bring back Jackson Dart, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, in my opinion. Caden Priestcorn, one of the best tight ends in the country, in my opinion. Trey Harris, one of the best receivers in the country. they got Juice Wells coming in from South Carolina. He's a monster after the catch. And then that defense, they really kind of rebuilt it uh, with Walter Nolan going there, the former number one overall recruit, uh, D-tackle from Texas A&M. they got Prince Lee Monbiellen, a really, really good edge rusher from Florida going there as well. They rebuilt the secondary a lot better, too. Uh, the defense was kind of was holding Ole Miss back last year, and they still won a program record 11 games. Uh, I think Ole Miss will definitely be a playoff team next year, and I think they could compete with Georgia at the top of the SEC. In terms of the future, I would say LSU is probably best equipped for that, uh, along with Alabama, of course. But uh, LSU, I think, 
uh, with the recruiting class that they have coming in 2025. Right now they have the number one quarterback in 2025, who's also the number one overall player, uh, the number one receiver in 2025, and the number one running back in 2025. All of them are committed to LSU right now. Uh, I think Brian Kelly is going to take some time to rebuild that defense and take some time to rebuild this offense after losing Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and Brian Thomas. But future-wise, I think LSU is in a pretty good spot, along with Alabama and maybe even Ole Miss, too, to, uh, to compete with, uh, with Georgia. And Brian Kelly's not going to Michigan if Jim Harbaugh no. takes a pro job. No, absolutely not. I, I actually, we did a show today, we talked about that. Uh, I don't get it from either angle, honestly. Uh, first of all, uh, Michigan should just... I mean, he just hired Moore. the Ole Miss general manager, football ops guy. Yeah, exactly. Michigan should promote Sharon Moore. He, he proved to be a culture guy that, uh, of course, the players love. He beat Ohio State and Penn State. That's, not, that's no tall, or no easy task for interim head coach. So Sharon Moore should be promoted. But also from Brian Kelly's perspective, um, I think LSU's a better job than Michigan. Uh, so I, First of all, LSU's a better job than Michigan. Second of all, it's a better job, not even taking into account, Michigan might be getting hit pretty hard by sanctions this offseason. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's a big uh, big factor, too. So and You mentioned it, with all the moves that Brian Kelly made this offseason on his defensive coaching staff, uh, and, and with the recruiting classes he's bringing in soon, I would be shocked if Brian Kelly entertains that. I, I don't think... I don't think Brian Kelly should be interested in that job, and I don't think Michigan should look outside of Sharon Moore for their next head coach. Yeah, Talking to Max Chadwick, he covers uh, college football for Pro Football Focus. You can follow him on Twitter at MaxChadwickCFB. We were talking about NIL earlier and kind of the, the changes that we're seeing in college football. And I'm curious, when you look at Clemson, we know kind of how reluctant Dabo Sweeney has been to kind of get with this new age of college football. But uh, do you think that he can get back up to the top uh, of college football. You know, we saw him at the top for for a couple of years there, and then these past couple of years, I think, have been somewhat disappointing for Clemson fans. But what do you expect from them na- uh, next year? Can they get back up to the top? And do you see them as a a team that could make noise around or or in the college football playoffs? Uh, uh next year, I think they could compete for the ACC title, and if you win the ACC, you're you're guaranteed a spot in the right. playoffs. So I, I definitely think they can. Um, I think that defense is probably a top three to five defense in college football with what they got coming back. It, it, that defense is nuts with what they have <laughs> coming back. Um, Barrett Carter, great linebacker. Uh, they bring back Peter Woods, a D tackle. I really, really like. I think he's a, he's a future first round pick. I think uh, their secondary has some guys that I really like as well. The question is offensively with Cade Klubnick and whether or not he can finally take that next step as a junior uh, with Garrett Riley there as the uh, offensive coordinator. Um, he hasn't really done it in two years now. So um, I, that's really the thing with Clemson is that, like, yeah, when they won the national titles, they had Deshaun Watson, they had Trevor <laughs> Lawrence. Um, so, like, they don't really – they haven't had that since. You know, DJ Yoangalei, who I think is really solid, he's not that. And Kate Klobodek has not shown to be that either, despite both of them being five-star recruits coming out of high school. Uh, but I, I think in the future, listen, Dabo's got to go with the times, man. He really mm-hmm. does. I mean, it, it, NIA, he's spoken out against NIL before. I know they've kind of made strides in that aspect. But even in the transfer portal, they're still ignoring it, basically. Which, I mean, imagine an NFL team saying, hey, we're going to build our entire roster through the NFL draft and not use free agency at all. That team would probably not be very good. And you're seeing why Clemson is struggling so much that you're relying on these high school kids to come in and and be as good as they were as recruits, where sometimes you just got to go out there and get some guys to fill some holes in your roster, man. I mean, look, Florida State built their entire team through the transfer portal, essentially. Mm-hmm. So 
I think Clemson, Clemson, look, they, they got to do that. They're still a really good team in terms of recruiting. If you combine recruiting and transfer portal um, and, and you start using NIL a lot more, that's the, that's the formula in college football nowadays. Uh, and if Dabo doesn't do that, um, I, I don't see them getting back to national title contention, in my opinion. So, Max, after Dabo Sweeney was inspired by Tyler from Spartanburg, did you buy Clemson stock? I did. I did, yeah. I saw how fired up. And Brian, I know I, we loaded up, too. Brian's right. entire retirement is set on it. Sure is. Oh, of course. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he went undefeated after uh, after that phone call uh, since then. So I Tyler it, from Spartanburg was like a hedge fund manager, isn't he? <laughs> he did. He, he lit a fire under that team, honestly. I, I love I love that, and I love Dabo celebrating the Gator Bowl as if he just won the national title. People are making fun of him for that. He celebrates the spring game like that. <laughs> I, I love it, man. That's good for college football. Sure I, I think bowl games, there are a lot of bowl games that people just don't care about anymore. For Dabo to react like that for the Gator Bowl, it, I think it's hmm. awesome for the sport. Uh, and I think that uh, you know, people are making fun of him for it. I, I think it's incredible. I, I, I love that, uh, that reaction from him. The changing face of the bowl games. Now we're gonna we're gonna be very playoff centric. I mean, it, it almost manic about it. That's that's where all the action is, is going to be. I I have said I think there will always be a place for the pre Christmas games for teams from smaller conferences that are really glad to to be going to the to the Pop Tart Bowl or the Idaho Potato Bowl. The bowl games I'm worried about are the the bowl games after Christmas, really after about the 28th of December on, like the bowl game here in Memphis, the Liberty Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Music City Bowl, that have had uh, cachet, have been a a part of the fabric of college football, but they're not going to be in the playoff picture. And the and they don't want the smaller teams. They want the the name brands. Well, the name brands aren't going to want to go to anything but the playoffs. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I I, I think one. I think it's a great thing that the power, the um, the nearest six bowls are, are part of the playoff now because those games will once again be awesome. You know, there are a lot of nearest six bowls the last few years that have kind of lost their luster, which sucks. You know, when you're when you're seeing them and you're like, man, these, these used to be huge deals. Now it's at least good that all of them are playoff games, and you won't see, at least you shouldn't see, any players opt out of those games because those games matter in terms of you know ultimately getting to the ultimate goal of a national title game. So um, that, that I, I love that. I, I do agree with you, though, that the, the non-New Year's Six Bowl games uh, are still in trouble, um, and it, that stinks. You know, it does stink about that. I wonder if um, incentives should be placed for some top players, like maybe some schools or NIL collectives can say, hey, if you, if you play, we'll give you an extra 20000 or whatever. I don't know, like a number, and throw that out. I wonder if that's the And, and can the bowl spin like that? I mean, maybe, never mind the gift the bag with the CD, the, the CD changer. I don't need that any cash. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe the bowl games say, hey, you know, this, this quarterback who's a projected first-round pick, and he's, and he's on the team that's playing in our bowl game, he's opting out. Like, can we offer him? A couple hundred thousand, to, or maybe uh, fifty thousand, to say, "Hey, can you come play in our bowl game?" Like that. So, I, I wonder if that's the avenue of some of these bowl games go, and I wonder if that um, it'll even be legal to do that for these bowl games. But uh, again, I, I, I'm I, I'm very happy at least that the New Year's Six bowls are going to be massive again, and, and you're going to see all the top players play in them as long as they're healthy. 
Um, I, but I, I agree with you. I, it does think that the, the non-near six bowls are still kind of left in limbo right now with all the uh, opt-outs going on. Mm-hmm. Last thing for you, Max. Uh, we've talked a lot uh, when we've spoken to you throughout this season about Cam Ward. Had a really good year, then entered the transfer portal after the season and sounded like he was kind of down between Florida State and Miami. Then he goes and, and declares for the draft, then takes his name out of the draft and, and finally landed at Miami, uh, how big of a get is this for Miami? Because it seemed like Miami was in there for a handful of quarterbacks, and it seemed like they kept striking out uh, on guys. But now they've landed a guy like Cam Ward. How big is that uh, down at the U? Uh, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. I, it truly might be a job-saving uh, move wow. for Mario Cristobal. Honestly, I, I think that that was he was he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Honestly, mm-hmm. with, with everything that was going on, so. Um, I, I know they brought in uh, Reese Poffenbogger, the Albany quarterback, yeah. and people thought, man, that's going to be their next quarterback. Uh, <laughs> and, and Chris Ball is already on the hot seat. I mean, obviously with the whole loss of Georgia Tech and how disappointing Miami's kind of been under him um, and Tyler Van Dyke going to Wisconsin. So when, when Cam Ward declared for the draft and Miami is striking out left and right on these quarterbacks, you're kind of like, man, they might be screwed right now. Now they got Cam Ward. I like Cam Ward a lot. I will say Cam Ward is not a instant superstar for Miami as much as I love him. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to interview him. He's a terrific kid. Um, he, he has some warts. You know, yeah. he is a guy who can, who can go out there and make a throw that, you know, throws that few quarterbacks in the country can make. But another thing that happens with Cam Ward, um, is that kind of gets the better of him sometimes. And he also, I think over the last two years, he has the most turnover-worthy plays in college football wow. uh, over those last two years. So he's a roller coaster. You're going to have to rein him in a little bit. I don't really love the fit in Miami, if I'm being quite honest. Um, but I, I do think it's a necessary move for uh, Miami to get a guy like Cam Ward, who, I mean, many people consider Cam Ward to be the best or second-best quarterback in the portal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's supremely talented, and I think he will be good at Miami. Um but, yeah, again, I, I think he just got some stuff he's got to work on uh, in order to become a, a day two or maybe even a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Uh, but he's got all the tools in the world, and, and like I said, this is a huge deal for Miami because otherwise they're probably looking at a uh, not a pretty sight for 2024 mm. if they didn't get Cam Ward. Yeah, and they had maybe the loss of the year in college football. That loss to Georgia Tech, that, that stays with you forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that was the worst. Uh, that truly might be one of the worst losses I've ever seen uh, in, in sports. I mean, when all you, you, you tear your TV out of the, off the wall if you're watching at home and you're a fan of the U. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I actually turned the game off. I, I, I didn't even wow. catch the end of the game. I, I was mad at myself. I mean, but I was like, hey, I can't blame myself. Yeah, I had, the no. game was literally over. <laughs> the game was over. All they got to do is kneel the ball. And not only that, you don't kneel the ball, and then you let a guy get wide open. Uh, when all you got to do is not let them score a touchdown, and and they did that as well. So yeah, Mario Cristobal, man, they have a lot of talent on that roster, and they've had they've won some big games. Don't get me wrong, but he, he this is a make or break year for him this year, and I, I think Cam Ward is a very necessary part for him to try to do the do the former and make it this year. But uh, if they don't have a good year this year, I, I don't think we see Mario Cristobal as the head coach of the uh, of the Hurricanes after this next yep. season. Yeah. Max, that that loss that that made Van on the field look like they ran a screen pass. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I, like I said, it's it's the worst loss I've ever seen. Literally, all you got to do is kneel the ball, and the mm-hmm. game's over. Uh, and he did not do that. So yeah, uh, again, I think that loss stung. And overall, he just hasn't it hasn't been very impressive for Cristobal in his tenure right now. So. 
like I said, it's a make-or-break year next year, and he's fortunate to get a guy like Cam Ward uh, to hopefully hit the highs that we've seen from Cam Ward before and hopefully lead Miami to and what should be a not a great ACC next year. There really isn't a team that really stands out as like, oh, that's a national championship contender. I don't think there's a single ACC team that I put in the top ten uh, of my ranking right now. So wow. uh, I think it, it's definitely wide open, and I think Miami, if, if all goes right for the Hurricanes, they, they could compete for it for sure. Yeah. Well, Max, always a ton of fun catching up with you. Let's do this again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank Max. you, Max, so much. Max Chadwick with us from Pro Football Focus. He's cover, he covers college football for PFF, and it's always fun to catch up with him. And that, that brutal loss by the oh, U man. last year, any idea of the U being back, that, sure. you know, tragic setback yeah. for them. Valentine's approaching the day of love, and we know the place to start for that one you love. That's at Sissy's Log Cabin, the Mid-South's largest family-owned and operated jewelry store offering a large selection of quality diamonds, jewelry, estate jewelry, and fine gifts. You'll love the new location like we have. We've been there twice. We're going to be back a bunch more at 4542 Poplar Avenue in Memphis, right there at Poplar Perkins, right there at Laurelwood. Over 60 members of their staff across its footprint to take care of you. Founded in 1970 by Sissy Jones in a log cabin in Pine Bluff to this today, operating six great locations across Arkansas and Tennessee in Pine Bluff, in the Heights in Little Rock, Little Rock Promenade, Jonesboro, Conway, and of course right there at 4542 Poplar in Memphis. Over 18 different jewelry and timepiece designers with all the big names. Rolex, David Yerman, Cartier, all of them. Facets of Fire, they've got them. Committed and passionate about giving back to the local community, Sissy's the official jeweler of the Memphis Grizzlies, the official jeweler of Memphis Tigers. The Sissy's promise ensures that every time you walk in to a Sissy's log cabin, you can expect four things. Exceptional service, an expansive selection, an extraordinary experience, and quality pieces. Visit sissyslogcabin.com to learn more. And at Sissy's Log Cabin, you know this, life's too short for ordinary jewelry. Well, let's get to a break. Uh, the NFL playoffs will get back to action with the conference championship games this weekend on Sunday. We did our top eight ranking the teams, the quarterbacks, and the coaches last week, but now that we're down to four teams, let's uh, on the other side, we're going to rank our top four quarterbacks, our top four coaches, and our top four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs. We'll do that next on Sports Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Well, last week we ranked the eight remaining teams, coaches, quarterbacks, teams themselves, this week, now with four, we're going to go right back to that and rank all four of them now um, with only four teams left. Brett, where do you want to start? I'll, I'll start with the teams. and I, It all feels a little chalky, mm-hmm. but and also that, that you know, we, we got to kind of get that good mix of historical, but right now, I, I, I know resumes matter what they've done, 
But we're playing this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that's that's what really matters this Sunday. But I I'm going to start with my teams. Uh, Baltimore won. Look what 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 they've done this year, and what they did to San Francisco mm-hmm. in the regular season. I think separates them. It took them a while to get going last week. Baltimore won. Kansas City two. They still mm-hmm. are the champ. Yeah. Three. San Francisco. Shouldn't San Francisco maybe probably already have one under Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, probably make the argument. Yeah, he, he's that good. But you got to close, and 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 he hadn't yet. And then four, uh, Detroit Lions, America's team, my Lions. <laughs> yeah, your Lions. That's right. Um, my uh, my four teams, uh, and they're very similar to to what I had last week. I've got number one, the Ravens. I've got number two, the Forty ers um, and then last week, if you had just shortened my list down last week, it would have been the Lions three and the Chiefs four. And I, again, I was wrong. I owe an apology um, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So you're not giving the got to knock the champs out to win, huh? Well, Brad, I'm just looking at it as right now these teams kind of like a more of a power ranking than a uh, than just a team with with kind of what happened last year. Defending champs should mean something. For some reason, it doesn't for me. But I have the Chiefs three now. I have them jumping the Lions, and I have the Lions four. So my four: Ravens one, 49ers two, Chiefs three, Lions four. Do you think the networks care what Super Bowl Fifty Eight is? What matchup it is? Um, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of them want the Chiefs to be in there, especially now with Taylor Swift and and the interest she she brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could they? You know the halftime show and all everything rehearsed, choreographed a million times, right. way in advance of even when they get to Super Bowl City. If they got there, do they pay her enough? Get her to join in and sing along for fun? I mean, you do something. You got to have her focused on at some point as kind of a feature something. You you really do and. <laughs> She, she's brought the attention. She sure has. I mean, she uh, everywhere she goes, it's you know eyes on her, and and the camera goes up into whatever box she's in. You know, six or seven times. I mean, it's but she wouldn't be there for Baltimore, Detroit. No, no, she would not. She would not. She'd be there. I don't for know. Her. In Vegas, she and the Kelsey boys may take over town. <laughs> they honestly might. I mean, they've taken over pretty much everything else. Podcasts and television. I bet your credit's and, good. The casino advanced them however many chips oh, yeah. they wanted. Oh yeah, whatever. You know, if they said we're, <laughs> we're going to a casino, set your, give us your best offer. I think all the casinos would be lying and ride up. Give them the whole floor, uh-huh. wouldn't they? Oh yeah, they would give them anything they wanted. I mean, they're such they're the the stars of of America right now. All right, coaches for you. Uh, my coach is uh, number one Andy Reid, number two Kyle Shanahan, three John Harbaugh, and then four Dan Campbell. I probably should have John Harbaugh ahead of Kyle Shanahan. All right, you went a little more historical there than you did I with did. The teams. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, a little more resume, a little more trophy yeah, I case. Mean, I mean, coaches, what are you gonna what are you gonna say? Oh, they you know they drew up this play last week and and it didn't work. Shanahan's out, that you know? good. Shanahan is that good. I have him second, but I mean, I, I think there, you know, I think there's plenty to argue. John Harbaugh being ahead of him, and if, if Kyle Shanahan, if Forty ers win it all, man, you know, that, that's the only thing he lacks mm-hmm. on that 
that resume kind of introduction is yeah. you know just one of the greats of the game right now. Number one for me is Andy Reid. Two is John Harbaugh. He's got a Super Bowl ring, mm-hmm. uh, and and Kyle Shanahan doesn't. Kyle Shanahan's three, and Dan Campbell is four. I like that. Uh, it's uh, I, you know, like I said, I think I could argue myself to to have John Harbaugh um, at number two. Dan, Dan Campbell Super Bowl week media day will be a hit. Oh, it would be it would be massive. I mean, that would be the second biggest thing behind Taylor Swift at media availability. Talking about could have them both. Could have lives <laughs> versus Kansas City. That's right? Wouldn't that be something? No, he would be. What an odd matchup would that? Be I mean, that that would be classic AFL against classic NFL. It, it, it would be. It would be. I, maybe that's what I'm rooting for. I don't know. It, it, there's no. I, I don't. I don't care. I, I, don't I have either. no preference this week. I really don't either. I, almost any comment, Johnny. What's the Super Bowl you want to see? The Super Bowl I want to see is. I feel like. Well, this was. I, I know. I feel like it's going to happen. It's going to be the Baltimore Ravens and the Forty Nine ers. Is that what you want to see, or is that what you think is going to happen? I think that's what's going. I think that's what's going to well, happen. What do you want to see? What do I want to yeah, see? Yeah, like if you had to pick with the four teams remaining, I want to see this team versus this we team. We know you're a Swifty, so and, you want to see Taylor Swift. Yeah. For the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment. Well, it'll probably be if, if just to see. I, I want to see Lamar get his first Super Bowl against Detroit. I like that. Does well, anybody have any Taylor Swift songs on any of their music they can get get to question. right now? That's a good question. I don't. Uh, Brian? I don't think I do, but I mean, I I've surprised myself before, so I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I also, you know, I mean, who knows what I have on my my phone? Do you, Brett? Do you have any Taylor Swift? T Swizzle? I, I, I'm almost. I, I do. Do you really? A, a, a duet with John Mayer. Oh, really? Really? John huh? Mayer guy. Brett, yeah. I did. <laughs> you I mean, shocking I, me today? <laughs> it, it is kind of shocking that I have it. Wait, out of everybody, I wouldn't expect Brett. <laughs> I don't have any Taylor Swift. So yeah, you're the you're the only one here. With half Taylor of my Swift. heart, if you're scoring at home. Okay, half. I, I'm not familiar with that one. I'm gonna go. Listen she to comes in just with a few of the the me- a little bit of the melody on that song. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> I like Brett, Brett, you amazing man. You 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 shocked me today, man. I, no, Normally it's your big numbers, but Taylor Swift today, man, that, that shocked me. Yeah. That's kind of humiliating. That I, that I, that I, well, yeah, I mean, I don't think. Let me see. Either. Just so if it, we. That song. Oh, I like it. I have to go listen to that. I, I love it, Brent. I love it. Our, our friend John Barless said he just drove off the road. <laughs> JB, get it back on the road, man. We need him back on the road, man. Straight. Good Lord. Oh, man. Um, yeah, there's a long story behind me buying that song. I, that, oh, yes, because uh, Johnny Brett does not stream music. Uh, of really? Course, of, of course not. Um, no, so, I, so I buy everything at iTunes. That is a purchase, which makes it, you okay. know. It costs me real money. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> however you want to take that information. If that buck 29 it, that or makes buck 44 or whatever that, it is. You know, this wasn't just a, hey, this song's good, let me download it to my I've never library. stolen the song. It's just, uh, well, I don't steal songs either, but I just pay ten ninety nine for them every oh, month. You, and you get the whole deal I for ten ninety nine. I get everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, a I year? No, a month. A month. A month. Oh, 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 wow. Yeah. So, oh, no, 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 no. That's a lot of money. It might not be that much. I don't know how much I pay for it, but I it's, think it's, it's, it's and that gives you everything. 
Every song, any song I could ever dream of. Yep. Huh. By any group. I can't 1099. It, yeah, I got that too. As long bad. as it's like a published song, I can't get anything. Is, is that out there where I could buy that? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, got you can, you can, yeah. you can, you can get it very easily. I love Brett. Brett. We we could we could get it done before five o'clock. I mean, it would be that quick and easy. Is that the Pandora? Uh, no, Pandora's more of like stations. It, this is Apple Music. I mean, it'd be the same app you use okay. right now to listen to your music. It's just how hard would? Okay. What do you think happens first in my life? I get the Netflix or I get the Apple Music. Eleven dollars a month. I'm gonna here's, say, my, here's my thing about all this. Uh-huh. At, at some point, all right, right now, let, for simple math, I pay about two twenty five a month okay. for DirecTV mm-hmm. and all that comes with that. And I know it's going that direction, but are we going to end up with all the stuff you have to get to stream? Aren't you going to end up spending about that a month to cobble all that together? Yeah, pretty much. So... What have we done other than I got to get new gadgetry? Bingo! I I don't know. I mean, it's all these networks, and they want their own thing. Um, I'm going to vote that you get Netflix first because Netflix has shown the interest in getting into live programming and more specifically live sports. They've Here tried we go. out a couple. <laughs> And Who would, knew the wrestling was would well, lead the way? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean uh, that that might be what starts it. And I know they've done uh, like golf events. I think one golf event, live golf event in the past. So like they're they're very eager to get into live sports, and you know that's that's what could and, and, and that's what going. All right, quarterbacks. quarterbacks. Me number one, Mahomes. Two, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Three, Jared Goff. Four, Brock Purdy. Cut and paste. I mean, yeah. that's uh, that, that, that's pretty simple. I think. Um, <laughs> Obviously, Purdy can really – does he leap anybody with a performance this week? No. Pa- pass golf? Mm-mm. Golf has been to a Super Bowl. I would need I would need two performances from uh, from. If Rock he Purdy. won it all. Yes, then I think. Mm. And, 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 and we're mostly viewing him as the the caddy? Yeah. I was about to say, I don't, I don't really love Brock Purdy. Um I, I could consider jumping him. How about that? I'm trying, and maybe it's next week or run up to Super Bowl. Who was the last Super Bowl quarterback, kind of with this profile? That's a good question. Of just super talented team. Mm-hmm. You just get the playoff. Don't mess anything up. Throw it to the guy the same jersey you have. It's <laughs> a good question. I I have no idea. I'm trying to think of who just was that because. There, there have been a couple. Oh, sure. sure. Trent, Trent Dilfer was that for the Ravens, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. There's not many. I mean, there's not a ton. Uh, Jeff Hostetler, because he, he was playing because of an injury uh-huh. for the Giants, and it was just handed to Otis Anderson and have him deal on people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's been a couple, but it's it hadn't been a lot, and especially lately it hasn't been no. much of anybody. Usually, they got to make a difference. Oh yeah, it's a difference maker out there. And and next and two weeks, we could be seeing you know Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. As I think everybody would agree is not a difference maker. I mean, everybody get back on the road. Yeah, really, <laughs> get back on the road. And we need to get to a break. And uh, when we come back, we will uh, hopefully keep you on the road with our big numbers of the day. That's next. We are real sports talk. Sports fifty six WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM 
and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The Big Number of the Day. Well, Brett, my big number today is the number one. Last night, we learned that, uh, that... The Hall of Fame had come out and uh, that we got three uh, new additions to the 2024 Hall of Fame. And one of them was Joe Maurer from the Twins. My big number is number one. He became the first player in MLB, NBA, NFL, or NHL history to be drafted number one overall by a team from his birth state slash province, because we've got Canada up in there, play 15 or more seasons for that team and reach the Hall of Fame. That is what Joe Maurer accomplished yesterday by getting his name in the Hall of Fame. Peace of the Minnesota all the time though hmm um last year when we did the, our, our big four historically did we have him in there in, for twins Brett I I really can't remember I I I know say, I had Kirby Puckett I want to say I had him on there but I I really can't remember I know I had Rod Carew yeah I, I can't remember either yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I had. It. I want to say I'm. You know what? I'm just going to say since I can't remember, I had him on there. You know, I think I had Jack Morris. I I, mm-hmm. I don't know that I had him, but he 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 was he he is it was that good, and and I'm glad for him. I I don't like some of the shots taken at this class. In fact, I wish this class had been bigger. My big number is one fourteen, one thirteen oh, wow. over years, one hundred and fourteen. That's the number of games Dan Campbell played in his NFL career as a tight end. 11 touchdowns and, and a Super Bowl in 2000 uh, appearance for the New York Giants against the Baltimore Ravens in that game that Trent Dilfer was quarterback for the Ravens, and it was basically just don't mess things up. Let wow. this defense win the game. Forrest played for the Giants, Cowboys, and the Lions. Do you remember him with the Cowboys? Vaguely. I don't remember him at all. I, I don't remember him at A and M. Well, I certainly don't remember him at A and M. If I do, it's very you know barely. I want to say I do, but at the same time, don't. And and I, I was looking. There haven't been many of those at quarterback profile Mm-mm. of just go win it, don't mess things up. I mentioned Dilfer, mentioned yeah. Hostetler. Maybe two more. Okay. I think Jim McMahon fits it for the Bears, for the 85 Bears. Just ride that defense. Sure. And when you're on offense, give it to Walter Payton and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And, and don't don't screw things up. 
And then early Super Bowl days, maybe Earl Morrill in Super Bowl Five for the Colts. But Johnny Unitas played a lot of that day. And yeah. you can't say Johnny Unitas no, was just no, a, no, a functionary. Not at all. Even no. at that point in his career. Yeah. No, I mean, certainly not a ton. I mean. I mean, everybody else, big names. Yeah. And uh, I just don't. I don't view Brock Purdy as a as a big name. I don't view him as a difference maker. Johnny thinks that's crazy, but I don't. Hey man, um, <laughs> I'm not saying, for it, bro. No, he, he's, he's a he's a good player. He's a he's a decent player, man. Mm, not a difference maker though. I mean, no. You can be a decent player. They can't put the game plan on him. No, no. Can't say go go win me this game. You can tell Debo and Christian McCaffrey to go win you the game, but I don't think you can uh, do that for uh, for him. Uh, speaking of Debo, uh, we got some news earlier today. Since we're talking about the uh, NFL, we got some injury news um, that uh, Debo Samuel's uh, he did not fracture or have uh, get have a fracture in his shoulder, um, but his status for this weekend's game. Um, is still up in the air, uh, uncertain, according to Kyle Shanahan. He did not practice today, but Kyle Shanahan said he's starting to feel better. I, I, if I had money, I would um, bet that he plays. Um, Isaiah Pacheco sounds like he um, is good to go. He didn't practice today, but again, he'll play. another one he'll play. And Mark Andrews is expected to play this weekend. Um, you got two, after, you got two uh, weeks to rest yeah. before the next game and then exactly. the whole offseason. Exactly. I'm sorry. This may come off to a lot of people as insensitive, <laughs> but I I know the mindset. Mm. Shoot it up. Oh, yeah. shoot me up. Absolutely. I'm playing. Mm. And I think the biggest uh, biggest uh... Johnny pass the tour all around. <laughs> That's right. Get it around. And they're gonna have you pass it around. Uh-huh. They're gonna shoot you up, man. Uh-huh. I think the biggest one's Mark Andrews coming off that ankle surgery. But huge news for uh, for the Ravens. It sounds like he's looking after the confession of half of my heart. I think uh-huh. I may need a little tour well, before the show ends. You know, maybe we can for the pain. Uh, maybe we can get some <laughs> of that. Uh, <laughs> During our our next break, I don't know. We'll have to see if lost Johnny a, has some. It was over a gallon. I lost a dollar forty four. Lost a gallon and a buck forty four out of the whole deal. But you know what? You still got Taylor Swift. I did. That, well, only on melodies though. Well, John Mayer, John Mayer, and Taylor Swift. Yeah. that Brett, that lasts forever. Don't I wish I could that. get the buck forty four back. Well. Unfortunately, that's not how transactions work. <laughs> no, no, it's gone. No <laughs> refund. No, American no. Express tied to the no. to to, yeah. to Apple to yeah. iTunes. No, you'll you'll never you'll never get that back. Well, uh, we need to get to break here in a second, but before we do that, uh, I know a lot of people they're looking for a place to get out. Grizzlies in action tonight. Some other really good games in action tonight. Looking for a night out, and I know the spot for you. It's Bell Tavern, located at one seventeen Barbaro Alley, uh, right behind one. 117 Prime. Open from 4 to 11 Wednesday through Saturday and 4 to 8 on Sundays. I know nobody likes a loud bar where you can't hear yourself think, much less talk, but that's the opposite of Bell Tavern. I wouldn't even consider it a sports bar. It's a nice low-key bar that you can just enjoy a night out, but they've also got TV so you can keep up with all of the games. Start your night with a gourmet burger and one of their great cocktails in that quiet dimly lit uh, bar and it's not just the burgers. Bell Tavern has the best bar food in Memphis and the coldest beer in the city. You know 117 Prime? Just walk through the dining room uh, and you're at the best bar in town. For more information about our friends over at Bell Tavern, give them a call 901-249-6580. That's 901-249-6580. Or go online to their website, 
belltavern.com. Well, we need to wrap up this second hour and get to a break. But when we come back to start our third and final hour, we're talking college basketball with Kevin Sweeney.